At the dawn of humankind's third age, the last of the Babylon stations was constructed. Its narrative captured the attention of many fans in the 1990s. While some of it was what we had seen before, the overarching story was unique and compelling and something we had not seen from American science fiction on television. Babylon 5 is a five-mile-long self-contained world. Throughout its story, it's a dream, it's a port of call, it's a beacon, and it's a dangerous place. But it's also the galaxy's last, best hope for peace and victory. As one chapter of its story ends, another begins. This is about how Babylon 5 endures. And hey, we're back. Yes, recording. That's always good. Ooh. Yeah. Hi, Mona. Hello. How are you? I think that's where we're both kind of. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, how are you? Oh, I've been busy, as we know. Right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, originally we were supposed to record on our other podcast last week. And at the last yep. minute, I just sort of had to say, no, I can't. Or no, it was two weeks ago. And then last week was the holiday, was July 4th. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, two weeks ago I just, I couldn't, because I had a final in class and I wasn't ready. But I ended up getting an A in the class, so clearly I got it together. Yay! So, so yeah, yeah. I've uh, been catching up on a few other things. Finally watched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I did as well. What'd you think? Uh, I mean, it's very much a sequel to WandaVision, right? Um, not so much a sequel to Doctor Strange, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, th I think, I, I think, and I, I think I said something about this the last, the last time recorded, when we recorded, but, um, I think my favorite Marvel project right now is, is Ms. Marvel. You did mention that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying Ms. Marvel. Um, I'm curious to see, because when we are recording this, we are in the lull between episodes five and the final episode, so episode six. Um, I'm really looking forward to where they take Ms. Marvel, what, um, what the movie looks like because she's going to be in the um follow-up to captain marvel which is the marvels um so yeah i'm looking forward to that i you know i mean going back to dr strange i enjoyed the i enjoyed the little shout outs i enjoyed uh krasinski as reed richards though i thought his costume sucked um mm. I enjoyed the very, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the very X-Men 92 Professor X. I don't yeah. think, I don't think Patrick Stewart was playing Professor X from, uh, from the Fox movies. I think he was playing Professor X from, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, either the comics or the animated series. I'm not sure which. Um... 
Black Bolt was kind of cool to see him show up after the horrible Inhumans TV show that never went anywhere. Um, I'd like to see Captain Carter in the flesh. That was cool. And uh, Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel. That was cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... I I enjoy I enjoy Wanda and Vision together. So with no vision in this, it kind of just for her it kind of fell flat for me. Um so that was what I thought. What did you think? I thought it was just okay. I would yeah. give it 3 stars. I thought it was really overhyped before I saw it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like those moments were cool, but I agree with you. It did not feel like a Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. And I'm someone who's largely unfamiliar with the Scarlet Witch, and mm -hmm. I haven't seen WandaVision. Mm. Um, what I really enjoyed, uh, side note from this, just also on Disney+, Plus, mm -hmm. I finally watched Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it's good. I mean, again, like I said the other, the other time... There are no stakes, right? The, the only person who has any stakes in this is Reva, right? Because yeah. we don't know what happens to Reva. The other Inquisitors, we do know what happens to them because they're in, um, they're in the Rebels animated series. So we okay. know what happens to those other Inquisitors. But Reva, Reva's the unknown. So she's the only one who really has that sort of question mark hanging but everybody else, we knew exactly what was going to happen to them. You know, it was really fun to watch, and it made me more inspired. It gave me more incentive to watch more, you know, like The Mandalorian, mm -hmm. which I still haven't seen, mm -hmm. and, you know, all the rest. So, yeah, I mean, and also yeah. it made me want to go back and watch everything in order. Because, you know, really, I watched them as they, like, you know, the old order before mm -hmm. the 1999, sure. you know, coming back to episode one. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to go back and watch it in the order that starts with episode one and, and try that. Cause uh, yeah, I've done that. I just, I really just did not like, I, w I was one of the people who was very disappointed in the late nineties, you know, waiting in the huge line for the theater being so excited and then so horribly, horribly disappointed, hopes dashed. So Yeah. You know, it took I me that long to get over it. I read something recently that said, um, that looked at like the best, the best um, number fours in a movie series. Yeah. Right. And they did call out Phantom Menace and they said, look, Phantom Menace is an excellent number four. It really is. You know, and, and they said they could have played it safe, just like Lucas decided to do with Return of the Jedi. Um, but he didn't. He actually made this a sprawling space epic with a lot of different stuff in it. And they're like, this is not to dismiss the issues that Phantom Menace has, but it is to call out that it's better than a lot of people will give it credit for. Right. Yeah, I'm going to go back and re-examine it, because I also really hated the choice of the actor for Anakin. I thought I thought Jake Lloyd was just fine for being an 11-year-old boy. You know, be, 
having having been the father of an eleven year old and having having will I will be the father of an eleven year old in the future. I'm right in the middle of of eleven. Um, I I I, th I thought it was just fine. I never understood why Jake Lloyd was 11, but Anakin was 9. Because 11 and 9 are two entirely Big different differences. Things. Yeah. I also didn't like the person playing adult Anakin. I just think that they got the casting really wrong the whole way through. Hayden Christensen, I don't think it's anything against, I don't think Hayden Christensen did anything wrong as an actor. I really don't. I think it was Lucas's writing. I really do. I think it was Lucas's writing. I guess I hear you. And mm -hmm. yes, that's a thing. But I guess I would argue that perhaps a, a different choice of actor would have been able to tell the story in a way that I didn't find so repelling. Right. But you've got Natalie Portman in right who, who i felt was she just did not hit the mark for me either she sure. was forgettable highly forgettable sure sure but what i'm saying is you have ewan mcgregor you have natalie portman right the two mm -hmm. of them even at that time had enough clout to be able to push back on him if they felt that they needed to and i just don't think that i don't think he was going to listen to it you know, the, I, 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 I put some of the blame, actually. George, I love you. I really do. Okay. Um, I, I, put, I put some of the blame at the feet of uh, Ron Howard and Steven Spielberg. Because mm -hmm. from what I understand, Lucas was bouncing around who he wanted to direct it. He had been talking about Kenneth Branagh and... He was going to make Brana Obi-Wan and have Brana direct the first episode. And then he actually, even before that, Frank Darabont, who directed uh, Shawshank and the Green Mile and was yeah. the showrunner on, um, on The Walking Dead for the first few seasons. Um, Darabont was supposed to direct it, right? Like that was announced. But I guess Howard and Spielberg looked at at, uh, at uh, Lucas and said, you know, it's your story. You should direct it. <sighs> so originally, he didn't want to direct those movies. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think he realizes he's an excellent technical director. He is an amazing technical director. He really is. You can see it going back to THX 1138. But he falls apart when he's directing people. And he's yeah. directing interactions with people. Right? And mm -hmm. that's where he really falls apart at. And that's the issue. Yeah. That's the yeah, issue. I can for sure agree with that. Because um, both actors under better direction would have... Because uh, it just felt so two-dimensional and so hollow mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so yeah I'll, I'll go with you there so it's not the actors it's the director uh, yeah i'll agree with that yeah yeah and how how did you feel about hayden christensen's performance in obi-wan kenobi way better yeah. like you know you really grew into it yeah. 
So again, Obi-Wan Kenobi makes me want to go back and, you know, re-experience Star Wars again. And you know that I've been um, pretty alienated from this world and from the world of Marvel for a really long time. So this is kind of nice to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think there is worth, I think there's value in looking at the prequels. Um, I would definitely say that uh, Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Phantom Menace is actually my favorite of the prequels. Okay. Um, and I think it is actually important, and I owe you a list of episodes of uh, Clone Wars to watch. But I also think it's kind of important because to watch um, uh, Genedy Kartakovsky, you know, the guy who did um, uh, Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, yeah. He did Samurai Jack. He did did, um, two seasons of a micro series of Clone Wars that sat right between episodes two and three. And the story has changed that's no longer canonical mm-hmm. but it actually i mean it's 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 about 2 hours long so it gives you another star wars movie in between and it does a wonderful job of filling in a lot of those clone wars beats leading straight into revenge of the sith okay yeah yeah and that's on disney plus as well um the Later Clone Wars series changes a lot of stuff, and it especially it, it introduces um, Ahsoka, Adawan, uh, Adawan, Anakin's Padawan. Um, okay. And I, I think originally when she's introduced, she is annoying beyond belief. She really is. Um, but it's amazing how her, her character just does a wonderful job of just growing into something much larger than she seemed to have ever been designed for. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think I think for the most part Star Wars in, is in good hands as long as Dave Filoni who is the creative consultant who worked on Clone Wars and came with Lucasfilm when it was sold to Disney and he's worked on most of the non-motion picture stuff that Disney has put out. Okay. Okay. So he hasn't, I'm sure he's been consulted on a few things, but he hasn't really touched any of the sequel trilogy, Rogue One or Solo. Okay. But he has been at mm-hmm. some level involved with all of the TV series. And I think as long as Filoni's there to help sort of carve and shape and guide where things are going, I think we're in, we're in okay shape. So. Now, did you get a chance to see the uh, Star Trek finale? I did not. I have to catch up on Star Trek. Which okay. is many seasons in the making for me to have to catch up on. But I will, eventually. Are you now, talking I Star suggest- Trek Discovery, or are you talking Strange New Worlds? Oh, Discovery. That ended like a couple months ago, at least. Okay, so it's Strange um, New Worlds. Strange New Worlds came out this past week. 
you know, when you are catching up on Star Trek, I highly suggest including Prodigy in that time. Prodigy was a big surprise to me. It was fantastic. Yeah, you mentioned that last time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so worth checking out. Uh, you know, I got to say the, the um, finale for Star Trek mm-hmm. was good. In fact, I'm going to say the last two episodes were really good in the season. But this time, you know, they're sort of fluff episodes in the middle really missed the mark, which is upsetting because they had a really strong season otherwise. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and also the Orville, the Orville man coming out with the hits. Have you, are you watching the Orville? I'm not watching the Orville. I have to I have to make a decision as to whether I'm going to keep Hulu or not. And uh, we'll have to see. I got to say the Orville makes it worth it. I would hold on to Hulu until the end of this this, this season because their season two is out the gate, fantastic. Okay, all right. And you know, it's it's still arguable. Is the Orville more Star Trek than Star Trek with Brandon Braga on the team? I mean, mm-hmm. it it often is. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's more Babylon Five than anything else. More Babylon 5? More Babylon 5. I got it. I knew that when the answer was inside me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, are there any updates? I did actually look. Like, back in May, there was discussion because they had heard that it had been pushed um, from fall of 22. And, uh, like, the chief executive of the cw said yeah it's been pushed he's like we're not making any real changes here he's like there are a lot of us who are big fans of b5 he's like the only thing that's happening here is instead of it being a show that's coming out in fall of 22 it's coming out in fall of 23 he's like so that's that's it he's like we just needed some more time and you need to juggle a few things around. Now, that being said, um, Discovery is definitely making moves. They are streamlining, like, uh, um, the original productions that they've been filming, that HBO Max has been filming in Europe. They've stopped those. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And they have said out and out that they are planning on merging Discovery Plus and HBO Max into a single streaming platform. I saw that. Um, So there have been rumors that they are looking to sell the CW. Now, if they sell the CW, where does that put Babylon 5? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. But basically, the last time I looked, Straczynski was just like, look, nothing's changed. I will tell you if things change. But for now, I'm just working, for, you know, working on the on the project and moving forward. So. Yeah. 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 Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. So we're in our final two episodes of season one. Yeah. We've made it to Legacies. And then on our next episode, we will talk about Chrysalis. And then that's it for season one. Mm-hmm. And that's it for Jeffrey Sinclair. 
I know. I mean, he has a... We see him later on, but never like this again. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, uh, I've had a young Bruce Boxleitner staring back at me from my Apple TV for the past, like, uh, uh, week and a half, two weeks, something like that, mm-hmm. because I, uh, I watched both Legacies and Chrysalis back to back, and so... I've had uh, I've had Bruce staring back at me with a look of like, when are you gonna watch me, man? Come on. Yeah. So. So clearly I have to well, start should... watching him. So. Hmm. Yeah, we gotta we gotta answer that call. Yeah, yeah. It's still gonna be like a month, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't believe he ever looked that young. Oh, I can. <laughs> But then my mom was a big fan of um, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Do you remember that? I do not. It's a spy series. Okay. So he played Scarecrow. It was a spy unit that was made up of um, uh, Wizard of Oz themed names. Okay. So he was Scarecrow and then there was a lion and there was a tin man and um, okay. But something happened to the others. I can't remember if they were killed or what, right? Something happened to the others. But Kate Jackson from Charlie's Angels plays Mrs. King. And she gets tied up in in this at some point. And even though she's never been trained in espionage or anything she ends up going on missions with Scarecrow. Huh. Yeah. It's a cute concept. I can't remember how long it lasted. It last. It must have lasted at least three years. But I think you were pretty young. Have um, you ever read The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz? Mm-hmm. That, it gets gruesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, really gruesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm at, I'm right at the end of it. I'm right at the end of it. I'm past uh, Scarecrow's brains and very surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie's nothing like it. Four, nothing like it at all. Yeah, four seasons, 1983 to 1987. So you were pretty young. I think that if they ever actually made The Wonderful Wizard of Oz into a movie, mm-hmm. it would definitely be R. And it would, uh, it would be disgusting. Very possible, yeah. Yeah, you could easily make it a true-to-the-book R-rated movie out of that. So easy. Just, just you know, put it out the way it's written. Yeah. Even when the Tin Woodsman loses his limbs, limb by limb, mm-hmm. like, my goodness. I uh, just did not see any of that coming. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not, it is not like the movie at all. Yeah. Right, right, right. So Amanda King is a divorced housewife who lives with her mother Dottie and her young sons Philip and Jamie. One morning, agency operative Lee Stetson, codenamed Scarecrow, hands her a package while he's being pursued. He instructs her to give it to the man in the red hat. But she is unable to complete the assignment as there are many men in fezes in the train car at the time. 
Scarecrow later has to track her down to recover the package, inadvertently getting her involved in his case. When Stetson is captured by his pursuers and marked for elimination, King ends up solving the secret behind the package, finding and rescuing Stetson, and even taking down the opponents, therefore thereby getting introduced to the agency. Right? It's a typical... Right? A typical uh, 1980s sort of... Yeah. Sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, Kate Jackson played Mrs. King. And obviously, like I said, this is after Charlie's Angels. Um, and uh, he played Scarecrow. So, but yeah, I mean, 1983, you were, you were only like three years old, weren't you? I mean, that's not how TV works, Joffrey. It doesn't matter what you're... No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, you could have only watched it in real time, Mona. Um, yeah. I'm so just saying... Bruce, is Bruce, hmm? I was just going to ask, was, did he have any other major credits before Babylon 5? Tron. He, wait, who was he in Tron? He's Tron. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was... Oh, the guy... Oh, come on. He came back to Tron and they had to do CG to make him look younger. What was his name? He played... Big Lebowski. Right, right, right. So in Tron, he plays both Alan Bradley and Tron. Okay. 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 So in... Um, in... Uh, 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 you're, thinking, you're thinking Jeff Bridges, who plays... Thank you, Jeff Kevin Bridges. Flynn, and Flynn... Uh, and he's also yes. playing um Flynn's Arcade. What's the other guy? Clue. The codified likeness utility. Clue. Okay. Okay. But Boxleitner plays Tron. Huh, I gotta see that movie again. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Boxleitner's yeah. Tron. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what else did he do at the time? Let's see here. Um, Well, I think Tron is probably the biggest film role before Babylon 5. Um, A lot of TV. A lot of TV. Just a ton of TV. Huh. Massive amount of TV over 40 years. Well, that's good. No, I think I think probably Tron was probably the biggest thing. Okay. Yeah. Other than Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Well, I will have to go back and watch Tron. It has been a long time. There's yeah. actually a uh, company out here. They have, they have a huge building, and their name is Master Control. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I need to. I need to watch Tron with the boys, because they're they're very interested in um, in the light cycles. I mean, they realize they realize that Tron is part of that sort of <sighs> not great time in the 80s for Disney. They realize mm-hmm. that. Um, so they haven't really jumped at the at the 
at the chances to watch Tron. But yeah, I think I think they might actually watch it. I haven't seen it in twenty years easily. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it might be might be worth watching again. But, All but right. that's neither here nor there because Legacies. Tron, Tron is not in Legacies. 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 Let's bring that up. The uh, the thumbnail for this. Um, oh yeah, what's yours? It's Sinclair raising a glass to his lips, and Delenn with her eyes like half closed, sort of looking at the glass, like making it look like she did something to the glass, right? Like she did something to the drink. Yeah, I. you know what? Funny, I have the exact same thumbnail. But okay. I would say Dylan's in the middle of the nod. Like, you know how you're giving a toast, but you're not drinking, but they're drinking, so you just give the nod? Sure. I feel like he just raised his glass like half an inch to do the toast, and she's actively in the midst of the nod. Could be. It's a very interesting. We'll find out. Yeah, it's a very interesting thumbnail. This is a very intense episode. Just about everybody's in this episode, actually. So, including well, oh, by the way, name? quick shout out to Mike Shea at Sly Flourish. You probably don't know what Sly Flourish is. Sly Flourish. Um, Mike Shea is. Uh, is the lazy DM, okay? So he's kind mm -hmm. of built up this cottage industry around his approach to being a dungeon master called being a lazy DM, which is, you know, basically don't put more prep into your DMing than you need to, right? You, okay. there, there are shortcuts you can take. There's no need to spend 40 hours of prep for a five-hour session, right? Um... And he's really, really good. And he just recently, on one of his Lazy DM talk shows, talked about archetypes for NPCs. And okay. he's, like, he's like, I just ran a game where I introduced an archetype. And that archetype was Mr. Morden from Babylon 5. Oh. He's like, he's like so now... And then the follow-up episode, he's like, you know, I... I you know, there's been some discussion about this. He's like, and I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit more. And he's like, do you mention who the archetype's based on? He's like, because with my table, I looked at them and said, "Hey, it's Mr. Morden." And my table looked at me and said, "Oh, I hate that guy." Right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, but what if somebody had been at my table who didn't know who Mr. Morden was? So should I actually announce? who this NPC's archetype is or not. He's, he's like, you know, if you use this idea, you know, this is something that you should, you should sort of weigh. He's like, because you then alienate your players who don't know who Mr. Morden is. He's like, how many of you who are listening or watching the show don't know who Mr. Morden is? He's like, it's a very good possibility that you don't know who Mr. Morden is. He's like, but for those of you who do know who Mr. Morden is, you're like, oh yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I think that that uh, doesn't really 
I, I guess I, I disagree with that. So if you don't know what uh, the outline of a character is from enjoying that media, then you get to build it because he did build a story using this character. Right. The character is actively making moves. So it's not like you're alienating someone. You're allowing them to meet them again through your perception. Right. He's just, he's just weighing it out he, because he had yeah. questions asked to him. Um, so his, his idea is, yeah, you just say, yeah, this guy's like Mr. Morden from Babylon 5 or like so-and-such from this show or that movie book right that's 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 his that's his take on it so yeah 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 and i say this because mr morden's in this episode mr. right morden's so let's get to the episode very much in this episode or is he or is he in chrysalis am i am i mixing up chrysalis in this episode you know there's only one way to find out we should start the i episode. don't know i might be let's see I'm sorry if I got all the all the Morden heads hopes up. All right, you ready to hit play? Yep. One, two, three, four, five. Intense music. Garibaldi not understanding why you would want to let the Minbari display their warrior leader's body on the ship. Now here's something that is definitely out of sync with the earlier stuff, right? Tell me more. What do you mean, out of sync? Well, hold on. When we watch this in the order that um, that the Lurker's Guide has, which means that we do in the beginning and gathering before, well, especially in the beginning, before season one, we find out in, in the beginning that the Mimbari are opening up their weapons ports, right, to show that they have nothing to hide. Yeah. Right, and that's how that's basically how the whole the whole war started, is that mm -hmm. Earth didn't understand what that meant, and it became a fight. Yeah. Right. Um, well, when they get back to the bridge, we're going to see that again. Just watch in a second. Yeah, I'm wrong. Morden's not in this one. It's in the next next episode. I'm conflating Legacies of Chrysalis. Oh, stealing stuff. Thief. Oh, no. Hmm. They're coming in with the gun ports open. Armed for a fight. By now they should know this, right? 
Yeah. So this should. is where there's this inconsistency in the preferred viewing order in this. Mm-hmm. That makes right. sense. Yeah. I mean, it might make, make it makes sense for an ensign not to know it, but it wouldn't make sense for command. Right, right. And that's that's what, you know, that's what, you know, basically belies the fact that, you know, that this was done before in the beginning was written and, and filmed and, and, and shown. So I still think this sequence makes the most sense. I wonder if they'll get Christopher Frank. Frankie? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. If it's Frank or Frankie. To do the music for the reboot. I hope so. Is he still around? Well, that I don't know. the original cast is left that could do a cameo on the new one well definitely box lightner claudia christensen yeah um, uh londo what's his name why am i blanking on his Peter name? jurassic yeah yeah yeah, jurassic. yeah No interest. <coughs> yeah, his face was no nonsense. Mm -hmm. I like that very alpha move. I mean, this is it. Why would they need to close the gun ports? You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, you recognize right. that it's a cultural standard. Just let them do it. Right. Yeah. Right. And you'd think by now, right, 10 years after the war, that they would know that. I mean, unless it was top secret information, it's been classified, you know? Right. Right. Uh, our favorite tricorder replacement. Right. <laughs> it, it's much more terrifying. It's basically a knife. It is. Isn't it? It's like a glass knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just relax. <laughs> a tricorder and a shiv. Yeah, just it, in case. Just in case. You never know. Because a lot of action seems to happen in here, right? It's true. He's a defensive doctor. Don't push him. Yeah. Yeah. So this girl just had a a 
mind burst blow up in her head. Yeah. Think Legion. You know, yeah. like Legion. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Got herself knocked out. She's in med lab. Talia's like, oh, she's going to the Psychor. And, and Psychor's like, mother. Yeah. Psychor's father. And Ivanova's like, She's not going anywhere. She's a thief, and I'll make sure she stays on this station. And then, yeah, Franklin's like, and she's my patient, so get the hell out of here. And he's the one with the knife, so they That's all That's true, yeah, yeah. You know, Ivanova really cannot get in the way of Psychor at all, given her station. You know, like, it's just stalling time in ten minutes at best. The Psychor is going to roll through and say we have our own prison system. Right. Exactly. So I find this processional intriguing. We didn't see anything like this with Ducat. But this seems to be specifically warrior cast yeah. yeah i'm surprised the coffin's not a triangle yeah yeah I it doesn't agree. really make sense and the flag should be triangles also i mean they they have a pattern go on yeah this actually looks so familiar to me um, this actor is John Vickery. Doesn't sound familiar. Doesn't with his face. That particular scowl, right? <laughs> Feels like you've seen it before. It's kind of a classic character actor scowl, though. I don't know. Is it anything like that we might have recognized him from? Uh, he's got some stage credits. Maybe you met him on stage? I don't know. He mm. played Naroon and Mr. Wells. Who is Mr. Wells? In Babylon. On what show? So he's in Babylon. In Babylon. So he's got another one. Okay. He also made a guest appearance in Crusade. Okay. He played Rusat on um, Star Trek, part of okay. Daymar's Cardassian Resistance. Okay. Um, he also played a Betazoid in Next Generation. Which Betazoid? Just a Betazoid, it says. Oh, okay, so he's just and a good background actor on that he one. He played a Klingon in Enterprise. Well, nobody, nobody saw that. And he played the auctioneer in Pirates of the Caribbean short film, Tales of the Code Wedlocked. Nope. Uh, He played Scar on stage in The Lion King? Never seen a live version. It's not bad. It's worth watching. That's cool. 
So what you got to do, see, if you're psychic and you have a mind burst, is build a wall in your mind. Right. And it'll take care of that horrible migraine. Yeah. Better than Excetrin. Wait, 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 wait. Did Ivanova just say she came here two years ago? Hmm, let's see. They're commencing a search. Ivanova yeah, just said she, she came here two years ago. Yeah. And she was 12. This yep. actress is not 14. No. But that's pretty common. It's pretty common back then. Do are psychics allowed to scan the mind of other psychics? I don't think they're allowed to scan the mind of anybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sort of get the uh, the idea that when you scan the mind of the other psychic, that's that's where that whole intimacy thing, like with Talia and Ironheart, came into play, right? Well, this is it. I mean, they should be able to experience telepathy. Because that just might be easier than talking in front of them. Just, you know, telepathy. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well. Coming in, making demands. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with him. There's some cultural protocols that should have been uh, recognized. They are a space station. Yeah. Yeah, this episode's handling of this, you know, um, memorialization, right? Yeah. Is weird. I mean, he's right. Diplomacy. Yeah. Diplomacy. Yeah, I'm not sure why this late in season one, right? We have yeah. this lack of... Um, General courtesy. General courtesy on Sinclair's part. Yeah. And why we have this lack of intelligence gathering, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, look, there's your triangle. Oh, finally. The yeah. There should be more, though. It should be covered in triangles, like a mosaic. Sure. How short was she? When she's standing next to all three of those guys, she looks so teeny tiny. Yeah. I don't know how tall Mira Fairlong was. Yeah, that one triangle is not going to do it for me. Not for how important this person was. According to her IMDb page, she was 5'6". Which means these three guys are actually decent height. 
because she's not, she's not wee petite. She's just kind of somewhat dwarfed by those other guys. And lo and behold, they open the box. At least they're folding. At least they folded the triangle into right. like technically many triangles. That feels better. Right. They open the box. What's in the box? He's Intense in music. He's not in the box. And Garibaldi's going to launch a full-scale investigation. I mean, couldn't it also be a miracle? No. No. I've watched the episode. No. No? No, no not like the Saints? No. No. Um, let's just say it, it's... it's there's, there's more to the politics than is being discussed here. And really, this should have been told to Sinclair as well. Because it's internal Minbari politics that are at play. So it's on to Lynn? Hmm. Maybe. You don't remember this episode at all? No, and that's the joy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So now Ivanova wants to find a way to keep the telepath under the you know, station's jurisdiction. Is that, is that what's going on? Or is she just fighting her own battles with Psychor using this lady as a pawn? Oh, yes, definitely. Most certainly. See, she's already talking about her mom. She can't let this slide. No. I think Sinclair's kind of debating why he ever agreed to do this. But he's looking sharp. I love that neck thing that's going on. And this, the, uh, the shoulder loop. Yeah. With the rope. It's lovely. Well, that was that was his dress uniform for the, for the memorial. Diplomacy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what they're drinking. Water. <laughs> well, this is my question. I mean, water must be toxic to some, you know? So sure. you want. So here's here's the story, right? She's explaining that Brammer was a um, was a holy leader, and then the war against Earth made him move into the military. 
Mm. Oh. Holy war against Earth. Uh, see, look at all her triangles. She's playing a game of triangles. Well, wait. Those triangles come into play in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Natoth. Everybody loves Natoth. Body snatching isn't one. Yeah, I'm surprised he even asked. They've got no, uh, they've got no fight with the Mimbari. But he listens to her and he decides to go check out the Carrion Eaters. Even though there's no evidence that the Carrion Eaters were anywhere near this. This is just his way to investigate. Like, he's not good at his job. Well, maybe he is, but I, 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 I think... That's profiling. That's what I it think. It is. It is. No, actually, it is. I agree with that. Um, I think he... You know, we've got Harlan Ellison as a science fiction consultant. We need to have a consultant as well who's consulting about investigations right so you need a medical consultant you need an investigative consultant how would how would an investigative consultant approach this sort of investigation what would they do first i mean i think first they would talk to the mimbari uh, the stakeholders involved to right. get more information and go from there <clears throat> right All right, so now we're telling this supposedly 14-year-old. young person who um, it sees an authority who is actively preying on her emotions yes. to convince her not to take a certain step. This is really irresponsible of a Bonneva. <laughs> not that Talia should be speaking, uh, should be uh, 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 pushing the, the psychor, right? I, I mean, granted. really, this is this is emotional manipulation from uh, Ivanova. I guess this is my question. Yeah. Uh, had this had this child not uh, presented an interest to Psychor, would Ivanova ever share this level of information and personal information about her life with her? And also, like, would she be helping her at all if she was simply a thief? On the Zocalo, would she be getting any of the special treatment? Doubt this it. is emotional manipulation. This is like just shitty Ivanova. Doubt it. But maybe Ivanova will uh, turn a few things around for you. Let's just wait and see. If you agree with her.
Better take a look at this. Look at that. They're trying to frame the Pacmara. The carrion eaters. The Pacmara would not do this. I don't see why they would. Yeah. Yep, and so, what's it to do with me? It's pretty clearly that dude with the spiked shoulders. Here's my question, right? You've got, you know, these are carrion eaters. Talking about it's not my responsibility to keep your decks clean. This, these quarters are filthy, like nasty filthy. There's a bone sitting, like a like a femur sitting behind this pack of I mean, I guess that's that's that sounds pretty specious, if you ask me. If I had like an, uh, my lunch sitting on the counter, is it so disgusting? Well, but if it's sitting there rotting, this is right. it. That might that just might be seasoning. Well, okay, that's fair. Oh yeah, and the top and the narn and always pushing for a psychic. Well, yeah, right. Since clearly, uh, clearly, clearly, Jakar did not succeed in getting, um, uh, uh, um, crap, why am I blanking on the other, the other, uh, uh, telepath? Patricia, Patricia Oh, uh, yeah, telepath. yeah. Um, uh, 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 why am I blanking on her name? Oh, crap. I remember that. He was, uh, yeah, I do remember that episode. You know, I wish we could have seen uh, Narn, you know? Oh, wait, she can see it through her, her, her mind. She can see it through Natoth's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Should I check her teeth? <laughs> I, I do love that. Uh, Lita, right, Lita. Lita. I do, I do love that, that line. Good to know about her teeth. Well, it is darn. Yeah. I have to imagine looking inside a Narn's mind would be like looking inside the a visitor's mind from uh, V. You know, maybe. You know, possibly. I think probably looking into anyone's mind that doesn't work the way that yours does might be really uncomfortable. Well, no, I'm I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of the lizard background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I love V. But I, I'm just thinking like any like if she tried. What would happen if she tried to look into a Vorlon's mind? Uh, she'd probably go mad. Yeah, I guess it would be the same super uncomfortable yeesh, sort of, yeah. Your man is useless. Stomach contents. 
Yeah, Garibaldi can't handle this. You know, Sinclair said that, but he knows he doesn't know if Garibaldi can handle this. He only makes promises. He only makes, yeah. Bet. Chuh! I just have to give them the biogenetic samples. I don't need to go into their mind. Yeah. She's right. You know, that's not too uh, much of an investment for a major investment. Yeah, and that's another question. Like, is Psychor really that bad? It might be pretty nice. And that's a good point. Why wouldn't they yeah. ask her? Yeah, yeah. Join the rebellion. No, no, no. So Ivanova sort of salvages this situation here. Man, can you imagine having to redress this set each and every time you bounce between ambassadors. Because hmm. this is Londo's apartment. I'm yeah. pretty sure... Okay, so it's not Jakar's apartment. But I'm yeah. pretty sure this is Delenn, Londo, uh, Ivanova's. And it might even be Sinclair's as well. What about uh, Garibaldi? His is a little different because it has the larger open area, the larger empty area. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yep, she saw some stuff. I got a clear picture. I got a real clear picture. And she's a P10, so she's a super strong psychic. Yeah. A dead body? Dun, dun, dun. We know what happened to the dead body. What a mystery. This is a very Scooby-Doo episode. Isn't it? 
Okay, hold on a second. When they put some lights on in here, we'll get to see whether this is, um, whether this is the same set as, uh, as Delenn's. I mean, I get it, right? One, on the station, they're going to have similar quarter layouts, no doubt. And, of course, just the practicality of filming. It's interesting that he had Ambassador Delin uh, observe the search. Whoops, sorry. Excuse she seems me. to have vested interest here. Yes, doesn't she? This is right. What I don't know if I'd have her. Yeah. And I saw something. She knows where it is. There it is. Some personal possessions that are cremated. Dun dun dun. She would have gotten away with it if it weren't for that dog. For those, and those pesky kids. kids. Yeah. Why, Dylan? Why? <clears throat> also, where would she have cremated it? It doesn't seem like an easy thing to do with an entire body. Oh, I have to. I have to imagine there's a uh, crematorium somewhere on on board that she has access to that nobody has noticed well yeah that's true that's very true but so she explains right that uh he just wanted a simple funeral he didn't want all of this you know war posturing and stuff Does she have any proof that, that those are, were Branmer's wishes? No. I see. This is not looking good for Delenn. I mean, this is a you know a, an incident. No, you wanted you wanted to say a miracle, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we could have explained this as a true." Um, Religious mystery. Yeah.
what I, yeah. I think is hilarious. If what I did becomes general knowledge, it'll further the rift between the warrior and the religious caste. Well, Delenn, I hate to say this, but why did you do it then? I understand. He yeah. was a friend. He was a member of the religious caste before he was a member of the warrior caste. But... You know, there's other things going on here, too. So she says that this is what he wanted. When's the last time she talked to him? Don't know. You know, did he go through a lot of stuff and decide he actually wanted, like, a statue? You know, that, that, there's a lot that Delin's doing here that I right. just don't agree with. Now she's going to play the card. The big card. So he knows. Great counsel. She's still Satai. I thought she left the Great Council. So this episode was filmed prior to Babylon Squared. Okay. Um, but in terms of the timing, it makes sense to put this at the end of the season. But yes, you're right. This is a, another sort of inconsistency. Hmm. So he's apologizing to Sinclair, but is Sinclair going to apologize to him? That's what I was saying. Really, Sinclair should be apologizing right. here. Yeah. Yeah, but you aren't enemies anymore, so don't don't push that rhetoric. Right. I'm glad they can part as friends. Yeah. I, I, it makes me wonder whether this actually would have made more sense earlier in the season. Prior yeah, to, I think you're right. Prior it's kind to of her, a filler episode. Yeah, prior to her leaving the Grey Council. And when yep. there is still a bit of, of sort of 
angstiness on Sinclair's side. Because it's too late for them to be angsty. It doesn't really make sense. Right. <laughs> I love that response. I've seen cruisers before. <laughs> now, before they brought Box Leitner in, was she supposed to have a relationship with Sinclair? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. <laughs> yeah i you know and I, this definitely is where ivanova's reaching out to delenn makes up for her trying to railroad the the kid into staying away from cyborg yeah So you wonder how this is going to go with Mimbari. Mimbari here are basically Vulcans. Yeah, but they do allow for emotions, right? I mean, they do within the confines of your cast. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder how um, security works out with a human psychic on Minbari ship. Don't know. Like, what does security look like in general around that? I don't think anyone knows. Goodbye. And she's never heard from again. I don't think she is. Because it's a filler episode. But the Talia and Ivanova relationship grows. Filler. And also, where are they getting this coffee from? Well, it may not be because they they explain that, right? Both Laurel. Ivanova and Laurel. It's Ivanova and Laurel. Remember, because Ivanova oh, has the okay, same so sort of both, line. Um, they both grown but, it. But yeah, they basically say like the synthetic coffee is what's sold. So. So yeah, there's a mention of chrysalis. And folks listening at home, if you've never watched this before, yes, there is a chrysalis coming. See, this is it. This still could have been an earlier episode. It actually would have heightened it a bit. What do you mean, Cocoon? You know, right. seven episodes later. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think this episode could have happened before Delenn. Um, left the Grey Council. Left the Grey Council. So it yeah. really probably should have gone before Babylon Squared. After Ironheart, right? After Ironheart's oh, story. Oh, that would be perfect. Because Iron, well, Ironheart's mentioned, right? Exactly. So that it's got to be after reason. Ironheart, but before Babylon Squared. So. Yeah. Yeah. I still think it works here. Uh, <coughs> uh, you know. Excuse me. Meh. Well, we only have one episode left of the season. That's exciting. We do, yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I can't. Just, wow. So. Ugh. Yeah, one more episode, Chrysalis, and then we're on to season two. So we're almost yeah. done with Jeff Sinclair. Um, we're almost done with uh, um, spoilers. We're almost done with Bald uh, Delenn. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, Are there any other major changes between season two, one and two? Not, not one and two. More major changes come, but it's in later seasons. Right, right, yeah. Cause so. Garibaldi doesn't step down from security until when? When does Garibaldi season? It might be season four. No, 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 no. Because whatever happened to Mr. Garibaldi is in is the beginning of season four. So Zach must become head of security in season three, or maybe okay. sometime in season two. So, yeah. All right. I mean, for a filler episode, I think it's okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great, I, you know, and I, for all the problems that we already mentioned. But, you know, I'm just excited for Chrysalis. Chrysalis is going to be dope. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. It's a good episode. It is. It is. I think it's a, a really strong episode to end that season on. And I was looking at the, uh, where was it? I was looking at the dates on the mm -hmm. episodes and... Uh, Oh my gosh, they, they just aired these in such weird ways. They aired episode, they aired Chrysalis mm -hmm. on October 26th, 1994. Okay. Okay. Now the episode that aired before that was actually Quality of Mercy and it aired in, in, in August. So oh, two wow. months prior. So Chrysalis actually served as the... Uh, it, it, when all of this aired, Chrysalis actually served as the season two opener. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But that means that they never aired a proper season one finale. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I mean, were they even were they even certain they were coming back for season two then? 
Oh, I think they were. I think PTEN had them had them set. I think I think they were okay there. Yeah, I think it was just a matter mm. of how it was getting aired. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Do we have any other thoughts on this this episode tonight? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the next. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Chrysalis. I'm looking forward to our recap on season one. Um, yeah. And then I'm looking forward to jumping into season two, because for those of you who haven't seen this series, um, we've got foundational stuff that's been laid in season one, but season two is really where things start picking up. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, so we've got foundational things that have, that are going on. We've got the relationships between the uh, ambassadors, and we've got Mister Morden floating around, and we've got we've got the Psycor, and we've got um, the planet, right? The planet that the that B five is is orbiting. Um, so we've got all these these foundational things that have been dropped in throughout this entire season. But season two is really where we start getting the big push for the overall story. And we actually get to see our, our big bads kind of in action in the next episode. So I'm not going to say anything right. more. But that's a little teaser. A little taste. You'll have to come back well, to the next very episode cool. and find out what happens. Yeah. All right. All right. And so with that, we will see you hopefully next week. I yeah. might be a little busy on Sunday, but uh, knock on wood, that was my head. Um, <laughs> knock on wood, that should actually work out. So hopefully we'll see you next week, and we will cover the end of season one, and then um, move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for joining. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mona. Good night. Good Bye. night, Joffrey. Babylon 5 Rewatch Podcast. Your hosts are Mona Lucius and me, Joffrey Spurl. If you're already a subscriber, we're thrilled to have you. Please tell your B5 and science fiction loving friends about us. If you aren't yet a subscriber, what are you waiting for? This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Thanks again. We really do appreciate your support. Make sure to tip your waiters. <laughs>